1: Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the John Sanchez Show podcast. The following
0: program is sponsored by Sanchez Wealth Management. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Further information is available by contacting John at SanchezWealthManagement.com or by calling 800-1801. John Sanchez is a registered representative, offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC. A registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC Securities only offered in states John Sanchez is registered in. Now, the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Good Tuesday evening to you. Welcome to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. I'm Dwight Millard, hometown lenders, filling in for John Sanchez tonight with my good buddy and co-host, Corey Edge of Edge Realty. Corey, how are you doing today? I say I'm good. I say good <laughs> evening, uh, tongue-in-cheek, I guess. You're right, right? we to get back to the market. Well, it's all perspective, right? You can still have a good
2: day even if the market's don't. So everything's Absolutely. going good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I you know, it looks feels like fall for the first time today. I no. think you know, uh, I saw some rain and some lower temperatures coming around the corner. So, uh, no. But to, to your point, I mean, it's it, it's always a good day. We're up. We're breathing. You know, we've got our health we got kids so you know we're just uh you know we are just got a little bump in the road today on the on the market but uh i don't want to waste any time we've got a dear friend of ours richard lace from lace appraisals he's going to come on and talk about some of the uh, current market trends see if we're experiencing any declining markets or you know what the conditions are out there richard how are you doing tonight
1: doing great guys thanks for having me on the show you came at a perfect time right we're going to spend all time talking about this market you you're going to have you know a little bit of time to talk about the appraisals.
0: Now we won't we won't do that. We uh, we yeah, always okay. shortchange you. So tonight we're gonna to, we're gonna let you talk a lot. Well, thanks. Uh, we're, we're, we're so glad big... you're with us, and we want you to participate <laughs> with us in this. So, um, you know, I'm going to get down to the ugliness of the day. But Corey, I, I asked you uh, quickly if I could uh, do a shout out. I I, I um as you know, I've, I've, I've been nursing a, a, a torn Achilles and some ongoing problems and I just want to give a shout out to Nicole Jocelyn, MD at the rock. Um, she has been fantastic trying to get some setbacks for me put together. And it looks like we've turned the corner finally. So if I can give her a shout out, I greatly appreciate, uh, Dr. Jocelyn's, uh, efforts and give me well again. So thank you. Um, yeah, thanks Corey. So, um, Let's get to it. Good, bad, right, or wrong, ugly day in the Dow today. The Dow Jones, everybody's heard it. Dow Jones was down 1,276 points, the worst day since June 2020. 3.94% to 31,104. The NASDAQ did not do any better. Boy, it was a tough one on the NASDAQ. Down 632 points, 5.16% to 11,633. The S&P 500 down 177, 4.32%. 39.32 oil was up slightly 87.60 a barrel gold down to 1712 which really you know corey i want to come back and maybe talk about that because you would think in in an inflationary economy rates going up you know blah 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 gold would be the one that would be the one that would start to go a different direction but it was down slightly down to 1712 here we go the 10-year was up three basis points 3.42 but that wasn't where the damage was done the damage was done in the mortgage-backed security market you saw rates jump as high as a quarter point just in rates today uh nearing their highest level in in 14 years so um just not a, a good day all the way around cory anything that stuck out to you and uh i know you follow the market and, and commentary a lot closer than i do anything that uh you want to add to all of this mess no i you know i think
2: this will all flush itself out. Obviously, Jason and John can do a much better job at telling you what's going on, which they'll do tomorrow. But um, give it a few days, see what happens. You've got PPI coming tomorrow. You've got the Fed meeting next week. Uh, really, what happened? Uh, if anybody watches the futures market before, before five thirty this morning, so at five twenty nine, we were up on the Dow. Gee, I don't know two three hundred points. It looked good. This is the not the line, but. It, it, everybody coming into the CPI print, even the negative people, said inflation was coming down. Everybody said inflation's coming down. Maybe just a little bit, maybe a lot. Nobody knew, but what everybody did know was it was coming down. And so this was a caught comp- everybody completely, completely off guard. Um, and it was really fast, Dwight. If you if you watch those futures, at five twenty nine, we're up three hundred points. At five thirty one. We were down five hundred. I mean, in the blink of an eye, it was all gone, and
0: it lasted all day. So, well, it, it, and and I'm looking at it right now the Dow futures are up fifty. I know it's early in the you know uh, in, in the foreign markets. The S and P futures are up six, and the Nasdaq futures are up fourteen. So, oil's up twenty cents. But uh, yeah, I, I did see it, and and you know, and 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 the rates went. I got up this morning. First thing I do is look at the market, right? I mean, we all do. I mean, that's a it's a sickness. But first thing I did is look at the the, the mortgage-backed securities market. It was down 16 basis points right out of the gate. Anything like that, and I've always I've I've told people on the show, the listeners many many times that you know three or four point change up or down is about an eight in the cost to that rate not the rate but an eight so you start looking opening bell at six down 16 you know that's getting that's getting pretty close that's you know that's a half a point three quarters of a point perhaps just in the cost which moves the rate up right so it was to your point it was it it was just out of the gate you know it was just uh uh, you know uh everybody's been using a bloodbath but you know it was just not not and i didn't see any indication of it recovering at all so you know and and i guess you know tomorrow like you said jason uh, will, will do a much better job but he's got ppi to deal with tomorrow right so I, I don't know if this changed the tune on the PPI numbers. Did you, did you get any of that? I mean, I don't – I mean, if you're, if you're thinking – you know, and the worst part about it is if you strip out – if you strip out the big things that are costing fuel and, and fuel has come down and, and food, I mean, still, you know, like I said, that, that's a big number on inflation, you know. Yeah, the, the PPI could be completely different. We'll see what
2: happens tomorrow. But the one thing I'll tell you is if you put it in perspective – we on the market, if you look at the indices, we're back to where we were on last Wednesday. I mean, that's how much we dropped. We gave up this little run into the CPI. So we basically gave up a week's worth of gains. We'll see where it goes. The one, the one caution I would give everybody, especially if you're listening to this show, is if you listen to any of the commentary, the main thing in that CPI was wage inflation and rent increases. And so the Fed has their sights squarely on people either losing their job or not having the ability to go to another job and bringing the real estate prices down. So that is scary for the three of us and people in our industry, because that is going to be their bullseye, because that's what's keeping that CPI propped up. Um, so just think about that word of caution that if they do keep raising these rates, that's what they're going for. And now the the talk is, I think, a 40% chance of a one-point increase next week. So. Okay, so
0: let's, let's talk about that, Corey. So let me. So, so they said, and I agree with you, I think a one-point now is definitely in play. Everything I've seen, every uh, source I've seen is saying. But let, let's just play this out for a second. They've already came out and committed three quarters. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to be transparent. Three quarters. Now they're saying in September 21st, now they're saying a half and a half. So that's one and three-quarters. They clearly want to get above 4% by the end of the year. Why not just come out on the 21st of September, because this is the hard landing, and don't go one and a half? Why not just get the pain over with, go the one and a half, not do anything now till the end of the year, and see what happens? Because otherwise, now you're just saying, I'm going to do three-quarters or one, then we're going to do a half and a half. Well, that half and a half could change. I think you'd better off coming out going one and a half, we're going to try to get out in front of inflation, which they haven't effectively been able to do, let's get out there, let's make sure we throw it far enough out there, let's throw that line way out there so we know we can hook it. I I don't understand that. I don't understand why they're just, you know, to me I'm going, don't say anything at all. You know, don't say three-quarters a half-half because now you might as well just go do it.
2: (laughs) Well, and I think it would be such a shock to the market. If the market was pricing that
0: in, they'd have a better apt Maybe they're it, already <laughs> starting to say the market's starting to price in those halves and a half, and if, but if there's any in the cl- in, inclination that it might be higher than the half, then you're going to see a disruptive market. And, and again, I know I know what I'm saying isn't going to happen, sure. you know. But I'm just in there going, we already know the pain is coming. Just let's get it over with, right? Let's just get me in the operating room. Let's get it fixed and let let me heal. But uh, you know well, that it, would be very disruptive to the market. You're right. The, I don't thing- say that. The other thing that
2: you got to remember, and we've talked about it, you know, numerous times, is and there's a lag time from when they start raising interest rates to when it really hits the economy, and we're only halfway through that lag time. So at some point, it sounds odd, given what's happened today and what they're figuring, that they will slow this down because theoretically what they're doing now, even with the quantitative easing, has not really hit the economy yet, and you don't want to so far over tighten them by the time it does hit the economy, you've gone way too far. So they'll. They'll slow down, but, you know, everybody was hoping it would be sooner rather than later. It looks like it's going to be later. Yeah, it looks like it's going to, it's going
0: to be much later. So, well, now yeah, a lot to cover tonight. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, no way to sugarcoat this. If you're just joining us, the Dow Jones was down 1,276 points, 31,104. NASDAQ down 632 to 11,633. And the S&P 500 down 177 to 3932. Gold was slightly up 8760. Gold down Seventeen, twelve, and the ten-year uh, up three basis points, but the mortgage-backed securities was the big uh, loser today. Um, we're joined tonight with Richard Lace of Lace Appraisals. We're going to get into that, uh, Corey. I think we really get in. We we, we usually cut uh, Richard short. So, but I wanted to cover a couple things, and and you guys jump in if you have anything to add. But one of the recession warning signs. Are the inverted curves? Listen to these. Listen to these inverted curve yields right now, Corey. So keep in mind the ten years at 3.42, the five years at 3.59, the two year is at 3.77, and the one year is at 3.88. They're all inverted to one another. So you've got a big inverted curve going, um, you know, which puts a lot of pressure on the farther, the longer term um, money. And that's why your treasury auctions are getting some very weak demands right now. So it's just a an ugly storm out there right now. That this too will pass. But boy, what a a day to uh, have all this you know inversion in the in the market. Off. So uh, anything you want to add, Corey or or uh, Richard? I mean, on my end, I would just say that one of the green light
2: or one of the the silver linings to that is if you're a saver, if you're a Retiree, if you're into the one and two year, you know bonds or CDs, you're getting a pretty good return now compared to what you have over the last few years. And there was a lot of talk on that today. That you know now there are alternatives, so um, not the worst thing in the world, depending on what camp you're in. Yeah,
1: true, Richard. Yeah, if they wanted to kind of flatten out the market or you know bring housing prices down, they're doing a, a pretty good job at uh, making that plan happen. So it's uh, kind of a crazy market out there currently, and You know, there's no real forecast for a declining market other than, you know, like when they say a recession is two negative uh, production quarters of GDP. You know, our market is kind of like a a big, uh, you know, a big ship trying to make a a short turn. It takes a little while to figure it out. Well, you know, this is a
0: perfect time to segue into... You know what you're seeing out there. Uh, I mean, you're in the trenches like like us, and you, you you've got such a a clearer barometer of of the price points. But you know, I, I still go back to Corey's comment, and I think it was probably two years ago, Corey. And I, I'd love to find the tape and the date of what you said that. But your prediction was that real estate was going to be the lagging indicator this year or this time around versus the leading indicator that we saw in '08 and '09. And you we were spot on, Corey. You know, because that's to Richard's point. The 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 lagging indicator is the final turn of the ship. And so, Richard, what give us a thirty thousand foot view of what you're seeing out there? And Corey, jump in, whatever you know. Is on your mind in terms of the, the appraisals and, and the values, but what are you seeing out there, Richard, um, from a, a thirty thousand foot view right now?
1: Well, if you just look at the entire market of Reno, you know that's just one big market. But then, when we're doing appraisals, we're, we're usually concentrated on the macro market. You know, the little areas uh, surrounding the subject uh, property. So, if I'm doing an appraisal in Double Diamond or if I'm doing an appraisal in Somerset, I'm kind of looking at the indicators. Uh, With relation to homes in those particular areas. So the overall Reno market is still strong. Uh, We still have purchases. We still have, we don't really have a lot of refinances, but you know, there is uh, obviously a flattening out of prices because of the increase in the interest rates and then also uh, the increase in supply. So uh, purchasers have a lot more flexibility right now in negotiations and the ability to um, get help from buyers that have all this equity with either financing concessions or buying down rates. So there's a lot of wiggle room and a lot of uh, good negotiations to be had in the market currently. Each little market... Um, it really depends on where you are and if if people are actually moving or just staying. You know, I talked to a lot of homeowners that if they are selling, they're moving out of the area. They're not really making that uh, ladder, so to speak, jump up to the next level house. They're usually moving out of state. So we really haven't seen a, a decline in Certain areas obviously, if um, you have a race to the bottom sometimes with uh, sellers who are in a panic, one sale doesn't necessarily make the market. But there are other indicators that you know, if um, homes if there's competition for a certain model, uh, you do see uh, very fast price reductions. It seems to be. Uh, one of the indicators currently that the market could be a little scared, but it, it's really hard to say declining because the first time that I saw a declining market was in 08 at when the crash happened. And, and that was a whole different scenario. You know, people just weren't getting loans. They, the banks weren't lending and it was, it was hard to, it wasn't really hard to define a, a declining market because, uh, nobody could get a loan. This is a little bit different. And I think um, Corey sees it all the time with potential purchasers out there and, and the wiggle room that sellers have um, and buyers have now currently for negotiations. Corey?
2: Yeah, Richard, I'm curious. And you and I kind of talked off air, but you've always told us and taught us that, hey, when I go do the appraisal, it's kind of a snapshot in time. I'm looking at this house on this day with these comparables and whatnot. So in any market, A, is that still true? And B, do you, do you step back and look at the full market and take it all in, or you're just solely focused on that one house and those comparables over the last call it
1: 30 or 60 days? So in an appraisal, we're usually looking at the alternative competing properties in the mind of a probable potential purchaser. And that would obviously be the sales. So the most current sales would reflect the current marketing uh, conditions. But then we're also looking at the, uh, the active listings. You know, what can someone else purchase? so it's very difficult sometimes when if you have an established purchase price on a particular home and then you have competition your active listings showing that there there's you could buy something else alternatively for thousands of dollars less it's very difficult to say that it's not a declining market some of the problems that i'm seeing right now currently are you know these financing concessions and other concessions that are make that are being made, kind of artificially prop up sales prices. Meaning, if I'm selling a house for three hundred thousand dollars, but I'm giving the buyer uh, an additional ten thousand dollars in financing concessions, I'm really selling the house for two ninety. But I'm so I'm artificially propping up that number at three hundred when the real number should be 290. So it makes it difficult as appraisers because now we're doing more work and researching the sales, researching some of the motivation behind the sales, then also researching if there's any financing concessions or anything that's favorable for the buyer that may artificially inflate the uh, numbers in the market. So that's where I think the increase in the interest rate, and maybe the increase in, uh, competition is going to perhaps create a decline in certain areas. Um, but again, it's all about affordability in certain markets. The interest rate doesn't really affect anybody because if they have cash, they don't care. They can just purchase whatever they want. If you're a first time home buyer, that's where we're going to see more competition and maybe those artificial prices are propped up with the financing concessions
0: that's why we love having you on the show because you you definitely do more data gathering than most i've ever seen in terms of you know what's the motivation behind what they're doing so uh, we so appreciate you having on here we're going to do a deeper dive into the real estate market welcome back to the john sanchez show on new talk 780 Koh. uh very blessed to have my uh two dear friends and uh Business partners Corey Edge Realty and Richard Lace of Lace Appraisals. Uh, no way to get around this. Dow Jones down twelve hundred seventy six. Nasdaq six thirty 630 down six thirty two. And S P five hundred down one seventy seven. All right, fellas, let's just let's stay on the real estate topic because there's some silver lining, I'm sure, in this part of it. So, Corey, um, back to you. Yeah, I'm just curious, Richard. You brought up a good point, which we haven't seen in this
2: market for the last couple of years. But incentives, we're seeing a lot of it. You know, buyer writes up a contract, they're going to ask the seller for closing costs or rate buy-downs or anything they can try to negotiate in there. And typically the way I see it is it will be a percentage of the sales price that will be given to the buyer for closing costs or for a rate buy-down or whatnot. When you look at these contracts, is there a certain way you need to see that in there? And then my other question with that is, which I think sometimes agents – kind of gloss over is in your example for instance if we're selling a house for 300 and we're going to put in some incentives in there equaling 10 or twenty thousand, you have to appraise it for 300 meaning that without that it still has to appraise at that sales price even though the net to the seller is lower and everybody knows it but that's why it's buried in the contract
1: right and that's those are the numbers that artificially inflate the uh the market because if every sale was at 300 and the, all the negotiations were lower and the net to the seller was higher it would you know you would just it would i could make a negative adjustment for that so the problem is if i'm if if we're not uh, addressing what's actually happening happening in the market because of the incentives or the financing concessions then you have an artificially propped up market and that's where you can see a, a major decline if someone comes in right away and tries to buy something and says wait a second all these houses were 300,000 but they only technically were 290 so they they're, they're going to come in and make a negative adjustment it, it, it's the uh, it's it's a little bit different than when the market was taking off so as an appraiser remember i can only use the closed sales i can't necessarily um, make a positive adjustment because we have an increasing market, you know, two or three years ago when, well, maybe two years ago when everybody um, started coming here and the market was going crazy. I couldn't make a five or 10% upward adjustment because of the increase in sales and in, in list prices. Um, so that's why you saw homes not appraising. And, uh, and then, the agents negotiating calling it an appraisal waiver by saying, look, we understand it won't appraise, but the buyer will come in with the difference. So the, so. On the contrary, in this type of market, if you have most lender, most new home builders right now are offering, you know, like Lennar's, like a, I think a four thousand dollar concession uh, if you go with their lender. Uh, you know, each builder has different incentives, and then um, different realtors have different ways of negotiating either closing costs or points. Um, and a lot of times, we we don't have that information. It's not public record unless I did the appraisal and I know exactly. What happened. So that's where it's difficult to make a negative adjustment because um, if I don't have the contract or knowledge of any concessions, I can't just automatically make a negative adjustment. But we do know that that's happening currently. So what you have to be careful of is artificially inflating a sales price to make up for the concession so the the consumer nets more than what, what the actual market will bear. You know, Richard, this
0: is very interesting because I've never looked at it that way because we're always on an up market. We're always wanting you to do positive adjustments, right? We're always, hey, can you throw this yeah. in there, you know, and this. But then in a in a down market a little bit or stabilizing, whatever we want to call it, you know, it's amazing that a, you're absolutely correct. I mean, you do not have a line item, right, I don't think, in, a, in an appraisal that makes a downward adjustment for a concession.
1: Uh, that There is, the- actually, there is on – on the URA form, there is an, an area for a financing concession if you're aware of it. Um, a lot of times, if you know it was a Lennar home and you know it was financed by Lennar, you can assume that it's, uh, you know, X amount of a concession. But the difficulty is proving it or having that type of knowledge of each sale, which makes it very difficult if you have, you know, 20 sales of, a similar home, what, who got what concession, what happened here, what happened there. There's no real way to track every, uh, you know, every determining factor for a negative adjustment. It's just the problem is I'm not going to make a negative adjustment and, and hurt a potential sale. What I'd rather do is just use the comps and if we can always tell if the home is artificially, uh, inflated, because of the financing concession because usually what'll happen is someone'll list the house for 300,000 and then they'll come in and say okay let's let's give you $10,000 and then the sales price is 310 well nobody's going to go in and purchase a home in a stabilized market for more than what it was listed for so we know that they're manipulating the price to make up for the difference in that concession so there's different ways to recognize the little games that everybody plays in the market, but you just have to make sure that you're analyzing all that data to provide the lender with a true opinion of value.
0: Yeah. But Corey's always said, you don't want to be the first one on the downward one, right? Corey, you want to be that <laughs> first guy. So go ahead. Well, Corey.
2: Sometimes it's good to get in front of the curve, then, then following the curve down, but it brings up another thing. And I remember and i it, it, you're jogging my memory back to, you know, n- not as good times, but I used to get, calls all the time from appraisers when the markets were declining not this market but other markets and uh they would call and ask okay hey i see you sold this house were there any concessions were there this were there that so i'm assuming that there's some kind of onus on you as an appraiser to dig a little bit into the detail to find out and what we were doing back then was at least most good agents to make your jobs easier is in our comments once they close say hey I did a five thousand dollar incentive or a ten thousand dollar incentive or whatever, um, and it helped us as listing agents. When I'm doing comps and everything's at three hundred, I'm going to list at three hundred. But if everybody's netting two eighty, to your point, my real price is two eighty, and I need to know that. Um, so, at what point do you have to start calling to see what those incentives are, or can you just rely on the gross data that you see,
1: you
2: know, in the sales price?
1: Well, a lot of times, what'll happen, and um, so I think I'm, I'm in a flight zone here. <laughs> um, I will call uh, and you know ask if there are financing concessions, and I will I'll do the research on the sale of what's public record. Um, and then let's say I have four or five sales, and two of them had financing concessions. Well, maybe that's not a typical uh, way that the market is going. But if each one had a financing concession, then I I have a pretty good basis for making either a negative adjustment or at least disclosing to the lender that, hey, this is what's happening in our market, just so you're aware, and um, this is how I addressed it. So um, I haven't really uh, come to a point where I've made a negative or a downward adjustment for a financing concession, but I think after this next increase in, re- in, uh, in the rate, and then we'll see what happens with our current uh, listings, usually what happens rather than the concession you're going to see just a drop in the price because you know people either they don't shop and then say oh i'll pay this but i'll net this and then i'll get that and do that that's not really the way it works unless you're really savvy in the in the real estate industry that you, you you understand what you can still net and gross and and how it could be sold um the difficulty is when you have that house at three hundred thousand, and everybody else dropped their prices, and you still stay the same, and you get an offer at three hundred thousand, but everybody else has dropped to two eighty, then we know that there's something probably going on with that outlier sale. So it's an it's an analysis. Each appraisal is an analysis of the particular micro market that the uh, home is located in, by using the public records and using the data that you can prove and what you can verify, to come up with your final opinion of value. So rather than making a negative adjustment, I would just say, well, all these other homes are listed this low. Your price is way up here and your concession is is this much. Here's what the appraised value is. And it probably won't appraise for value as opposed to making a negative adjustment for it because the market is usually the best indicator of value because that's what everybody's doing. So rather than just one house we're looking at you know ten, twenty, thirty different houses and how did they sell uh, as compared to um, your subject, especially with these you know rate increases. You have a definitive point in time where you're going to have you know uh, next week maybe you know these listings drop you know five percent or three percent or whatever percentage they drop and they're still on the market. So we also have the indicator of exposure and marketing time which shows us how long these houses are on the market and you know obviously there's going to be a price point where they're going to be purchased so you have interest rates going up you have people's purchasing power going down and then you have you know the fun job of trying to figure out not based on sales three months ago but our current market what are people buying and that's you know that's obviously the the market indicator
0: Richard, when we come back from this break, I want to I want to talk real briefly about these rate buy down incentives because you're not, you, you know, it's starting to become a diminishing value now on it. So uh, we appreciate you being with us tonight. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in with us tonight. Uh, Richard, we never get a, a, a solid hour out of you. We got to have you back. there's so much more. I know Corey and I offer. Off uh line we're talking about it, you know. So but anyhow, Richard, anybody want to get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of you? Uh seven
1: seven five seven seven two oh seven oh five, or they can email me Richard at laceappraisals dot com. Perfect.
0: Corey? Uh six seven three six seven zero zero. And my number number's eight five eight forty four forty four. Okay, Corey, uh we've got a few minutes left, so you're up.
2: I'm just curious, and Richard, you've explained this to me numerous times. We've talked about it a little bit. But if I'm understanding right, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a box on the appraisal that you can check if it's a declining market. Is that right?
1: Yes, there is. And it's part of the marketing survey report, too. Um, When the market crashed last last time, lenders came up with this new uh, form that shows uh, kind of the way the market has been going over the past 12 months, as opposed to... Me just picking uh, a sale six months ago—it's a different indicator of what's currently happening. So uh, that declining box, along with the the 1004 MC Marketing Conditions Report, hopefully gives the lender a, a prospective uh, a look at what's happening in our market, as opposed to just um, you know that that specific uh, point in time.
2: And, and so, at what point? Do you decide to mark that box? I mean, what indicators do you need to say? Okay, I better start marking this car. Mark? That's a bad well,
1: box to mark. Just like, I know. That's, yeah, that's know. a bad <laughs> mark. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to get that mark. So uh, usually, what will happen is if uh, if everything is um, declining as far as the sales go, if the current listings are declining, if things are on the market for an extended period of time, um, I just have to have enough data, like maybe a three to six month. Um, uh, you know, uh, accumulation of data to show that we're not in a stabilized market, we're in a declining market. So right now our market has flattened out. Uh, I'm calling it stabilized because in certain areas, yeah, you might have one sale where someone uh, you know, sold their home rather quickly to for less than what other things are listed for. But one sale doesn't make uh, a market. So when we're looking at those macro markets, you know, Double Diamond, Curdy Ranch, South Meadows area, you're going to see, you know, kind of a fluctuation of, of prices of certain homes and in certain price points, um, you know, and and then Uh, Over time, you're going to take that data and along with the current listings. You know, if I have all my sales from last month are at 300, but then all my current listings are at 260, there's something wrong, and the lender needs to know that.
0: Well, you know, and and Richard, I want to tag on that because what we'll start to see, Corey, is we'll start to see red flags coming out of Fannie Freddie and the MI companies. And when that starts to come out, but kudos to Richard and the other professionals in this. Richard, you a lot of times you wrote a narrative, a dialogue, a paragraph that, you know, just clarified things. So I mean there's there's workarounds to it, but yeah, we really don't want to get to that point. You know, where that no. but, uh it it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting few weeks to see, it, you know, how the how the market absorbs these this the impact of these rates moving up.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, there's and there's there's thanks there. again, guys, for always having me. I always enjoy this time. Well, we,
0: we always enjoy it, and we enjoy, uh, you know, uh, we've got to get you back sooner rather than later. But uh, we want to thank you, Richard, myself, and Corey. We want to thank all the listeners taking their time out to listen to us. We really appreciate it. This is the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Good night, and God bless. On air, online, on demand. News Talk 780 KOH.